0: chapter 22 of the mystery of the yellow room this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more free audiobooks or to volunteer please visit librivox.org recording by simon lahuir the mystery of the yellow room by gaston leroux chapter 22 the incredible body I bent in great anxiety over the body of the reporter, and had the joy to find that he was deeply sleeping—the same unhealthy sleep that I had seen fall upon Frederick Larsan. He had succumbed to the influence of the same drug that had been mixed with our food. How was it then that I also had not been overcome by it? I reflected that the drug must have been put into our wine, because that would explain my condition. I never drink when eating. "'Naturally inclined to obesity, I am restricted to a dry diet.' "'I shook Rouletabille, but could not succeed in waking him. "'This, no doubt, was the work of Mademoiselle Stangerson. "'She had certainly thought it necessary to guard herself against this young man, "'as well as her father. "'I recalled that the steward, in serving us, "'had recommended an excellent chablis, "'which, no doubt, had come from the professor's table. "'More than quarter of an hour passed,' I resolved under the pressing circumstances to resort to extreme measures. I threw a pitcher of cold water over Rouletabille's head. He opened his eyes. I beat his face and raised him up. I felt him stiffen in my arms and heard him murmur. Go on, go on. But don't make any noise. I pinched him and shook him until he was able to stand up. We were saved. They sent me to sleep, he said. Ah. <sighs> I passed an awful quarter of an hour before giving way, but it is over now. Don't leave me. He had no sooner uttered those words than we were thrilled by a frightful cry that rang through the chateau, a veritable death cry. Malheur, roared Rouletabille. we shall be too late. He tried to rush to the door, but he was too dazed and fell against the wall. I was already in the gallery, revolver in hand, rushing like a madman towards Mademoiselle Stangerson's room. The moment I arrived at the intersection of the off-turning gallery and the right gallery, I saw a figure leaving her apartment, which, in a few strides, had reached the landing-place. I was not master of myself. I fired. The report from the revolver made a deafening noise, but the man continued his flight down the stairs. I ran behind him, shouting, "'Stop! Stop!' "'or I will kill you!' "'As I rushed after him down the stairs, "'I came face to face with Arthur Rance, "'coming from the left wing of the chateau, yelling, "'What is it? What is it?' "'We arrived almost at the same time "'at the foot of the staircase. "'The window of the vestibule was open. "'We distinctly saw the form of a man running away. "'Instinctively, we fired our revolvers in his direction. "'He was not more than ten paces in front of us. "'He staggered, and we thought he was going to fall.' We had sprung out of the window, but the man dashed off with renewed vigour. I was in my socks, and the American was barefooted. There being no hope of overtaking him, we fired our last cartridges at him. But he still kept on running, going along the right side of the court towards the end of the right wing of the chateau, which had no other outlet than the door of the little chamber occupied by the forest-keeper. The man, though he was evidently wounded by our bullets, was now twenty yards ahead of us. Suddenly, behind us and above our heads, a window in the gallery opened, and we heard the voice of Rouletabille crying out, desperately, Fire, Bernier! Fire! At that moment, the clear, moonlit night was further lit by a broad flash. By its light, we saw Daddy Bernier, with his gun on the threshold of the Donjon d'Or. He had taken good aim. The shadow fell. But as it had reached the end of the right wing of the chateau, it fell on the other side of the angle of the building. That is to say... We saw it about to fall, but not the actual sinking to the ground. Bernier, Arthur Rance and myself reached the other side twenty seconds later. The shadow was lying dead at our feet. Aroused from his lethargy by the cries and reports, Lassin opened the window of his chamber and called out to us. Rouletabille, quite awake now, joined us at the same moment, and I cried out to him, He is dead! Is dead! So much the better, he said. "'Take him into the vestibule of the chateau.' "'Then, as if on second thought, he said, "'No, no, let us put him in his own room.' Rouletabille knocked at the door. "'Nobody answered. "'Naturally, this did not surprise me. "'He is evidently not there, "'otherwise he would have come out,' said the reporter. "'Let us carry him to the vestibule, then.' "'Since reaching the dead shadow,' A thick cloud had covered the moon and darkened the night, so that we were unable to make out the features. Daddy Jacques, who had now joined us, helped us to carry the body into the vestibule, where we laid it down on the lower step of the stairs. On the way, I felt my hands wet from the warm blood flowing from the wounds. Daddy Jacques flew to the kitchen and returned with a lantern. He held it close to the face of the dead shadow, and we recognised the Keeper, the man called by the landlord of the Donjon Inn, the Green Man, whom an hour earlier I had seen come out of Arthur Rance's chamber carrying a parcel. But what I had seen I could only tell Rouletabille later, when we were alone. Routabee and Frederick Larsan experienced a cruel disappointment at the result of the night's adventure. They could only look in consternation and stupefaction at the body of the Green Man. Daddy Jacques showed a stupidly sorrowful face, and with silly lamentations kept repeating that we were mistaken. The keeper could not be the assailant. We were obliged to compel him to be quiet. He could not have shown greater grief had the body been that of his own son. I noticed, while all the rest of us were more or less undressed and barefooted, that he was fully clothed. Rouletabille had not left the body. Kneeling on the flagstones by the light of Daddy Jacques's lantern, he removed the clothes from the body and lay bare its breast. Then, snatching the lantern from Daddy Jacques, he held it over the corpse and saw a gaping wound. Rising suddenly, he exclaimed in a voice filled with savage irony, "'The man you believe to have been shot "'was killed by the stab of a knife in his heart!' "'I thought Rouletabille had gone mad. "'But, bending over the body, "'I quickly satisfied myself that Rouletabille was right.' not a sign of a bullet anywhere. The wound, evidently made by a sharp blade, had penetrated the heart. End of chapter 22 Recording by Simon Larwa